cost. In uh, what a, uh, a former member of mine used to say, the, um, the season that never ends, the Pentecost season that never ends, but it does end, and we're getting closer to it. It's September. Can you believe that? My gracious. And I've already survived one hurricane, so I'm <laughs> doing pretty well. Um, I got a question for you. Every week I send out a, a pondering pastor's periodical in the email, and um, I'm curious as to know whether or not that's actually getting out there and being read. Uh, it, it is? Okay, okay, great. Um, if you are not getting that for some reason, that means we don't have the, your right email. Um, so just let us know, uh, and we'll make sure that we correct that. But um, in that pondering pastor's periodical, uh, are a lot of um, uh, updates and things that are happening in the life of the ministry. And so it's, it's important that, uh, that you read that and that we can convey the life of the ministry as it, as it takes place. Um, not to belabor that, though, the News for the Pews also does that. And if you need a copy of that, there, it's located in the Narthex over on the side table. Um, welcome to all of you, and as you've noticed, a lot of people do wear name tags, and I will tell you personally, that's very helpful to me, um, because as I age, my brain decides that it's not going to retain information, names in particular, so as you wear those name tags, I can call you by name, and it, it's, a, it's, it's actually very helpful, and I think helpful to one another as well. That's located in the Narthex as well. The children are finding the busy bags, it seems, and so um, I don't need to make an announcement about that other than uh, the children are welcome to utilize those throughout worship. Um, we are in need of a, a few extra uh, counters of offering. So if you're interested in helping out with counting offerings um, on Tuesday, see AJ. Where's, where's AJ? There she is, back in the back there. Um, and just let her know that you would be willing to be trained for that. Uh, we could just use another uh, a couple of hands at that. There are a bunch of other announcements next week. A reminder, we are gathering for God's Work, Our Hands, which is um, going to be a wonderful event, and it'll follow our 10 o'clock worship service over in the ministry center. I was asked by Heather, um, our preschool director, to let you know that the bulletin board in Perry Hall is all set up and ready to go for a new year of preschool and she's asking for your help. She's put sticky notes on there where we can each write a, a greeting to the students and just welcome them to Lutheran Church of Reconciliation and to a new year of, uh, uh, of preschool. So if you'd like to do that, there are sticky notes already set up. Uh, just fill it out, make it, make it fun. Draw pictures if you want, they like pictures. Let us prepare our hearts, oh, no, let's not prepare our hearts and minds yet because we have Karen, would you mind getting, come on, chop, chop. I've got to run a sh trite ship around here. <laughs> I'm not loud enough. No. It's being changed to Wednesday at 1 p.m. Uh, we are going to be doing a study on Jesus and women by uh, Christy McClellan. She is a professor of religion. It delves into Jewish tradition and the background and how Jesus treated, treated women. It's an excellent study. You can get the book at Amazon or Lifeway, and there is um, a video that you can, if you buy the book, it'll give you the link. You can watch the video. So if you get it, we're meeting first time on the 13th at 1 p.m., and I encourage all the women to come. Thank you. And thank you. You are welcome. Diana. Thank you, Pastor. <clears throat> so if you're getting um, the pastor's pondering periodical, pondering pastor's periodical, P -P -P. then you probably got something from me that AJ sent out. Our musical groups are finished taking the Sunday off, and the choir will be resuming practice on Wednesday at 4, and we are actively seeking new choir members. I have a cantata picked for Christmas, and we will have cantata practice at 4 o'clock, and you will be released at 4.30. This is for people, we call them the ringers, 
If you don't want to commit to every Sunday being part of the choir and, and helping to lead the hymns, if you can't, but you'd like to be part of the cantata, you can be part of the cantata by coming at 4 o'clock, practicing until 4.30. Then our chancel choir will take over at 4.30 and work on our, on our anthems for Sundays. So please, 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 if you've considered it, come on Wednesdays at 4. Also, <coughs> bell practice resumes a week from tomorrow. Not tomorrow because it's Labor Day, but... That is Monday at 4, and we are also looking for ringers, and it's not as hard as it looks. Thank you. Thank you, Diana. Um, and just a reminder, as AJ pointed out last week, uh, the council agreed to extend uh, worship at 10 o'clock through the fall season and uh, to give us a, an opportunity um, to get a Sunday school going. And so we're working hard on planning a Sunday school in the ministry center at 9 o'clock and following that with worship service and then fellowship once again in the ministry center. So it, it, it will be a full day of Sundays, um, but again, just a reminder that we're going to continue with the 10 o'clock worship service. Now, let us prepare our hearts and our minds to worship God. Oh, please stand. Oh, oh God, you are my God, and I will ever praise you. Oh God, you are my God, and I will ever praise you. I will seek you in the morning, and I will turn to walk in your ways, and step by step you'll lead me. And I will walk with you all of my days. I will follow you all of my days. We're going to do the whole thing again. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, God. God, you are my God. And I will ever praise you. Oh, oh God, you are my God. And I will ever praise you. I will seek you in the morning, and I will learn to walk in your ways, and step by step you'll lead me, and I will follow you all of my days. Let us together turn to the baptismal font, where we come before our God and we confess our sins and receive God's promise of forgiveness. Blessed be the God, the one who forms us, Jesus who bears the cross, the Spirit who makes our joy complete. Amen. Let us bow before God in humility, confessing our sins. Steadfast and faithful God, you have revealed the ways of justice Yet we fail to follow you. We are overwhelmed by the world's violence and suffering. We are afraid to risk what we have for the sake of others. For the harm we have caused, known and unknown, forgive us. For the unjust demands we place on others and your creation, forgive us. For the ways we turn away from you and our neighbor, forgive us. Lead us back to you and set us on the right path. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, amen. Beloved in Christ, God's justice stretches beyond all understanding. God's compassion is beyond compare. In Jesus, God is always making a way for us. In Christ, you are always and always already forgiven. Amen. Slides going ahead because we're reading from the screen, so you've got to.
the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. O God, we thank you for your Son, who chose the path of suffering for the sake of the world. Humble us by his example. Point us to the path of obedience and give us strength to follow your commands through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. I invite the children forward for the children's sermon. Jesus said, let the children come. Do not stop them, but urge them on. For to these the kingdom of heavens belongs. As they grow in their faith, the church will grow strong. Jesus said, let the children come. Jesus said, let the children come. Let the children come. Good morning. The Lord be with you. It's so good to see you this morning. I have a basket full of something that I want to talk about because Jesus talks about it in his gospel today. And it is a cross. A cross. And I'm going to give a cross to each one of you. There you go. And I want you to think about something with me. And you can have that cross, and you can take that with you home. And it is a reminder that Jesus says we are to take up our cross and follow him. Now, that might seem like a strange thing to say, since the cross was a terrible thing. It was a very painful thing for him. But Jesus says to us, take up your cross and follow him. And it's a reminder to us that no matter what is happening in our lives, as an example, have you ever fallen down and gotten hurt? You have? And what did you do when you fell down and got hurt? Did you cry? I will admit that I have fallen down and gotten hurt, even as a big person, and I have cried. You know what? Jesus says, I will be with you. Because of the cross, I will be with you. How many of you have ever been called a name by somebody that hurt your feelings, right? It made you feel bad, right? Jesus says, I know exactly what you're experiencing, and I will always be with you. And that's what the cross helps us to be reminded of, that no matter what, no matter where we are or what happens to us in our lives, Jesus is always with us. Will you pray with me? Here, hold your cross like this. I want you to hold it right like that. And repeat after me. Dear God, thank you for Jesus who helps us to, re who helps us to remember who helps us to, that no matter what, no matter, even in the bad parts of life, even, Jesus is with us. When we look at this cross, help us to remember that Jesus is here. Amen. Thank you for coming forward. You may return to your seats with your crosses. The first reading is from Jeremiah chapter 15. A reading from Jeremiah. O Lord, you know, remember me and visit me, and bring me down retribution for me on my persecutors. In your forbearance, do not take me away. Know that I know that on your account. I suffer insult. Your words were found, and I ate them, and your words became to me a joy and delight of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord of hosts. I did not sit in the company of merrymakers, nor did I rejoice. Under the weight of your hand, I sat alone, for you had filled me with indignation. Why is my pain unceasing, my wound incurable, refusing to be healed? Truly, you are to me like a deceitful brook, like waters that fail. Therefore, thus says the Lord, if you turn your back, I will take you back, and you shall stand before me. If you utter what is precious and not what is worthless, you shall serve as my mouth. It is they who will turn to you, not you who will turn to them. And I will make you to this people a fortified wall of bronze, they will fight against you, but they shall not prevail over you. For I am with you, 
to save you and deliver you, says the Lord. I will deliver you out of the hand of the wicked and redeem you from the grasp of the ruthless. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. judgment for me, O Lord, for I have lived with integrity. I have trusted in the Lord and have not faltered. Test me, O Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and my mind. For your steadfast love is before my eyes. I have walked faithfully with you. I have not sat with the worthless, nor do I consort with the deceitful. I have hated the company of evildoers. I will not sit down with the wicked. I will wash my hands in innocence, O Lord, that I may go in procession round your altar, singing aloud a song of thanksgiving, recounting all your wonderful deeds. Lord, I love the house in which you dwell and the place where your glory abides. The second reading is from the 12th chapter of Romans. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lack in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering, persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints, extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. No, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. For by doing this, you will heap burning coals on their heads. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. One more time. Halle, halle, halle. according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. From that time on, after Peter confessed that Jesus was the Messiah, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed, 
and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you. But he turned and he said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Then Jesus told his disciples, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? For the Son of Man is to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay everyone for what has been done. Truly, I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his glory. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus the Christ. Amen. Now for what it's worth, Peter, he was simply trying to protect his friend the best he knew how, to protect his Lord. He'd, he'd grown to deeply love and honor this man for all the good that he'd witnessed Jesus do, and he didn't want that to end. Jesus' acts had been right there before his very eyes, and Peter didn't want to see anything get in the way of that. You remember the transfiguration earlier this year, heading into the season of Lent, that episode way back in, in chapter 17 of Matthew when, when Peter pledged to erect dwelling places for Jesus and Elijah and Moses who showed up from the Old Testament on that mountainside where Jesus was then transfigured. His heart, Peter's, was in the right place. Particularly since Peter and very likely all the disciples had been schooled in this tradition that the Messiah, a legacy figure from the days of the great King David and all the other kings, would rise to power. Many had come to associate Jesus as that messianic figure, even Jesus himself. For them, the Messiah would serve to restore them to what they had perceived was greatness in their past. But at every turn, Jesus seems to be redefining the ideal of what this legacy of King David was to mean for the people of Israel, indeed for the whole earth. Jesus' actions and words pointed not to a Messiah of prestige, wielding earthly power and accumulating wealthy influence. Instead, Jesus' actions and words pointed toward the Messiah who carries a cross and engages others to do the same. Hmm. Sign me up, right? That's hardly a great recruitment tactic, dear Lord, which may help bring today's gospel into sharper focus for us. Jesus is talking about something which Peter stands to deny. And when we're honest, Jesus is talking about something which each one of us often stands to deny. If the words we spoke, that he spoke in today's gospel don't haunt you, I must wonder if you and I simply don't understand them. If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. What's going on here, do you think? What is this 
cross of which Jesus says we must be willing to, to take for ourselves? How has it that in many ways the, the object of this summons has become what, what contemporaries like you and me often see as metal trinkets or wooden trinkets, a, a bauble, a, a piece of jewelry that many of us are proud to wear around our necks or in our ears? Surely Jesus means something much more profound, don't you think? By his summons for us to take up our cross, not our jewelry, but like the one upon which he died, and follow him? Peter and the others had, become, had come to believe that within the context of their faith, this Messiah would come along and restore Israel to its former sense of greatness and power. But the traditionally and historically taught conditions of that kind of restoration was predicated on saving their lives as they know it, or more accurately, preserving their lives in the context of what they considered to be historically greatness, traditional greatness. And that makes sense. Of course, they would be compelled to save their lives as they know them. But to do what? For what purpose? What did it mean for them to want to be, according to their historical memory, celebrated throughout the world again? Did they want to return to something that they collectively believed was better than they were or where they were going? Did they believe their memories of their past to be better than their hopes for the future? Remember again, Peter wanted to preserve that moment in the transfiguration because it represented a, a moment of history's greatness that he wanted to memorialize and capture in time. Remember, he stood before Jesus as Jesus said, I am headed to Jerusalem where the Son of Man will suffer and be killed on a cross and on the third day rise again. Peter said, no, that should not happen. But for Peter, it reminded him of what historically and culturally he had been taught to believe was celebrated and great and extraordinary. And one could argue that it was all of that. Jesus, Elijah, Moses, and all of that rich history, my goodness, these are among the greatest that we know about in the whole of the Bible. But even then, Jesus knew that moment could never be recaptured, and indeed, greatness was never his intention if it meant Greatness was dependent on looking back. Instead, Jesus led the disciples right down that mountain top experience back at the Transfiguration and led them more deeply into the reality of people and life and living and the way in which God was at work there. Do you see? If you want to be great again, Peter, then deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. Follow me into the immediacy of this very next moment, the, the next instance of, of future living, the, the next sequence of opportunities where God is giving you and all who follow me the opportunity to truly and genuinely live and love. And the cross the cross, it will try to stand in your way. Because that's what crosses are meant to do, after all. To keep you planted in despair. Remember, the cross represents everything that would, would try to get in Jesus' way, right? Hatred, false accusations, betrayal, infidelity, rejection, denial, torture, terror, hubris, and most significantly, death. So too our crosses, like Peter's, threaten to get in the way of what the future holds for us. It's because 
we lose sight of the perspective that from the, this moment into the future is where God is actively at work. Jesus never doubted that. Jesus always knew that God was active in each and every moment. He didn't necessarily like it, as that moment when he pleaded in the Garden of Gethsemane for God to, to do what? To take this cup from me. The crosses that stand in our way, whether we like it or not, are our attempts to make the future about what Peter and the others wanted it to be, about ourselves, about our understanding of what we think great to be about what we think is celebrated. It's about what we want and what we have been conditioned by our own histories and culture to believe is true. That's what gives energy then to things that pop up in our world today, racism and all of the isms, as well as our societal phobia, which is simply put, we're taught to fear the other. But as Peter witnessed, to announce that people can make anything great based upon what was is to deny a future that is found in all the places where God is at work now. Not the glorious past which we must learn from. Not the good old days about which we tend to daydream and, and wax nostalgic. But in every single second of the immediately developing future toward which Jesus commands us to deny ourselves and we must be about the spiritual task of taking up our crosses and carrying them lest they hold us back. The allure of thinking that we or anyone can make something celebrated again based upon a, a forgotten or misrepresented past is poised to miss the future in which God is always hard at work. Jesus was even prompted to call out his most trusted disciple, even to say to him, Get behind me, Satan, for you are a stumbling block to me. Indeed, Peter's actions became the very cross of which Jesus was saying, You must take it up and follow. Take up your cross. Jesus says, and follow him into the future. What is that going to mean then for you and for me today, for, for the next hour, tomorrow, into the next week? What does that look like when we take up our cross and follow? I'll tell you, for me it will mean that I will wrestle with who I am and what I'm meant to be in this world it will mean that I open my heart and my mind to expect that God is hard at work all around me, in, with, and through me, yearning to include each and every one of God's precious creations in what God is doing. And that's true for you, too. Whether we impulsively like someone or not, whether we feel threatened by others, or realize that we threaten him or her, think that I'm better, or think that they think that they're better than me. God's work and future is happening. You and I, as we take up our crosses, are empowered to move into that future. And perhaps there is where I may fully begin to realize the depth of what God is up to. And perhaps we may live into the words that Paul scripted in his letter to the Romans, let love be genuine. What does that look like? Hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with mutual affection. Look around you. Go ahead, look around you. Don't be afraid, or wake up, I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> These folks are easy to love, 
with mutual affection. Now apply that at the grocery store. Apply that to the person that just cut you off on uh, this barrel heaven out here on Market Street. Amen. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Extend hospitality to strangers. Ah. Taking up our crosses, it is not the easiest challenge to meet in this world, but it's absolutely critical to our way of faith. And in that, then, isms and phobias will have no power to get in our way. Fear not, Scripture says over and over again, because fear often turns into a cross. For what it's worth, Peter, Peter, as I said, was simply trying to protect his friend, the one who is our Lord Jesus, trying to protect him, get this, from the future, which Peter saw as imposing and dangerous and threatening. Does that sound familiar to anyone? But Jesus doesn't need to be protected from the future. And neither do we, my friends. Indeed, to follow Jesus means to let the past be the past, to pick up our otherwise obstructive crosses and live into the future into which God calls us to work, to enter into with confidence and love. Because with and through you, God is enabling the restoration of God's beloved creation. Next week, we have an opportunity to enact that as a congregation in God's work, our hands. But don't wait till then. Take up your cross now and follow Jesus into the future that Jesus leads you toward right now. The future from this vantage point, then, is hopeful and full of opportunity as it unfolds right there before our eyes in faith. The future, as immediate as this second, is the place where you and I are being summoned to live into the person you and I are meant to be, baptized children of God. Take up your cross and follow. Amen. By the sea, the sea and sky, my people cry, all who dwell in dark and sin, my hand will save. I who made the stars of night, I will make their darkness bright. Who will bear my light to them? Whom shall I send? Here I am, Lord. Is it I, Lord? I have heard you calling in the night. I will go. Stone. 
Give them hearts for love alone. I will speak my word to them. Whom shall I send? Here I am, Lord. Is it I, Lord? I have heard you calling in the night. I will go, Lord. If you Remembering the caring and generous works of God, we pray for the church, creation, and the needs of our neighbors. God of life, your words are the joy at the heart of your church. Draw the seekers to you. Place messages of hope and healing in the mouths of your witnesses and open your children in the truth when we stumble. Merciful God, receive our prayer. God of steadfast love, Renew the earth by your spirit, that lands and oceans reveal the beauty of your creation. Challenge us to live humbly and peace, peaceably as part of your world. Merciful God, Here, receive our prayer. God of patience, lead those who govern to hold fast as to what is good. Guide them to show honor to the people in their care. Overcome evil in all nations and grant peace to people and places marred in conflict. Merciful God, receive our prayer. God of deliverance, remember all who are suffering, lonely, and in pain. Liberate your people being insulted, persecuted, or in the grasps of the ruthless. Give endurance to workers who persevere on this Labor Day and ensure fair wages and safe working environments. Merciful God, receive our prayer. God of healing, we lift before you our concerns for ourselves, our friends, or our families, either aloud or in the quiet of our thoughts. Patrick. Merciful God, Receive our prayer. God of justice, equip this congregation to boldly follow you in uncertain times and to remain faithful in prayer when facing challenges. Show us how to best love and care for one another and our communities. Merciful God, receive our prayer. God of glory, we give thanks for the saints who now dwell with you in splendor. Nurture us in faith until the day we join their heavenly song. Merciful God, receive our prayer. Remember us according to your steadfast love as we offer these and the prayers of our hearts, trusting in your compassion made known through Jesus Christ. Amen.
The peace of Christ be with you always. Extend a, a, a welcome and a, a gesture of peace to those around you. And if you'd like to extend it to our folks online, the red dots in the back. Welcome. Christ's peace be with you. El Shaddai, God Almighty, El Eliona, God Most High, Er Kankama, I love you, Lord.
field and forest, sea and sky. You are the giver of good things. Sustain us with these gifts of your creation and multiply your graciousness in us that the world may be fed with your love. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Behold what you are, become what you receive. Thanks be to God. Blessed be your name, O God, for we have feasted on your word, Christ Jesus, the joy and delight of our hearts. Strengthened by the food, send us to gather the world to your banquet where none are left out and all are satisfied. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The God of glory, Jesus Christ, name above all names, <coughs> and the spirit that lives in you, bless you now and forever. Amen. Amen.
in peace. God is in, at work in you. Thanks be to God. Please join us for some fellowship time in the ministry center. Don't forget the little notes for the preschool in Perry Hall. And Tuesday, our new office administrator, Stacy Collins, begins with us to fulfill that role.